Hello, and welcome to The Queers Are Watching. I'm Hannah. And I'm Sarah. And we're finally back. Yeah! It's I missed been us. so long. <laughs> and it's because we've been really busy, but mostly Sarah. I'm not busy anymore. Because your quarter's over. Yeah! I'm dancing. Y'all can't see me dance, but I'm dancing. Um, I had a really long quarter. I took five classes. It was terrible. It was the worst decision of my life. If anyone is out there in university or college and you're on a quarter system, don't ever take five classes. I don't care what anyone tells you. It made me want to kill myself. <laughs> she has a giant stress pimple. It's so scary. Right on her cheek right now. It's like looking at Hannah right now. It do- it's kind of like an eye, like a third eye. <laughs> I wish that it did cool things like a third eye might, but it does not. <laughs> it just like prohibits me from making a cute Snapchat now. And it just reminds you of your trauma quarter. Yeah, it was a trauma quarter. I think that I like to experience trauma. I like to put my body through trauma because I made that decision. Well, we can talk about something else <laughs> if you don't want to talk about that. I um, mean, <laughs> it's fine. No, no, no. No, no, yeah, fine. <laughs> this is our therapy podcast now. <laughs> no, that would go on way too long. Also, I'm not a therapist. Either am I, just to be clear. I don't know if you knew that about me. Um, No, I had no idea. I thought you were my therapist. Isn't that what oh. I pay you for? Oh. <laughs> Our relationship is suddenly so clear to me. Mm. <laughs> there goes Sarah scratching her leg again. Sorry. <laughs> Maybe that's like a nervous habit. I think it is. Okay. Sorry. Because, no, now, now we're going to break the fourth wall <laughs> and we're going to share this with everyone. Okay. For the last few podcasts, every time I've been like, okay, Sarah... You always scratch your leg and it makes a ton of noise and like maybe scratch your leg before. But yeah, I think it's just anxiety. So which we both have. You can. Can y'all hear me scratch my leg? Probably. (laughs) But see, now that we've acknowledged it, it's okay. Then you know what it is. Then I don't have to like try to edit it out by like finding the frequency of your leg scratching and trying to reduce the. Yeah. I might sniffle a lot too because the Santa Ana winds have really kicked up where we live. And also, like, the entire Southern California region is, is on, on fire. fire. Yeah, so my allergies are suffering. Um, but I didn't have to evacuate anywhere, so I'm one of those lucky Californians. Yeah, I mean, we're being very mildly inconvenienced by, like, having bloody noses and stuff from yeah. all the ash that we're breathing. Like, if I had a ton of money, I would go and donate things down in Ventura, but I don't have any disposable income right now, so. Yeah. <laughs> And let's be real, we would both be, like, giving money to horses and dogs It's true. I want to save all the poor animals that have been hurt by this fire. And not so much the people. I mean, they're... Well, my cousins had to evacuate, but their house didn't get burned down or anything, so they don't need anything. And the important thing is they got the dog out. They did get the dog out. (laughs) They did not leave their dog. (laughs) That would be wild. Um, So now that we've, you know, acknowledged that our home state is burning to the ground. Yeah. Um... Oh, the other thing that we did that made us busy was that we, in late October, we presented at a conference called Models of Pride. I don't know if anyone's ever been there. It's like, they usually have it at USC back in the old days when I went as a as a 13-year-old, I oh, think. Oh, wow. Um, they had it at Occidental, but now it's at USC. That was many years ago. Yeah. And it's a... <laughs> conference for lgbtq youth to like go and go to workshops and look at colleges and meet each other it's fun yeah and like there are queer centers and queer resources that come and like table there um it was like really surreal to be the person that is giving out the knowledge and information and it was quite scary to me because I've been there twice as an attendee um, and not that long ago because you can go until you're 24. I think I went when I was like 22. That was the last time I think I went. Yeah, the last time I went, I think I was like 18 maybe. Um, so yeah, I had also been twice, I think. Um, so it was weird to be there and be like, okay, now we are the... What did I say? What, what the, did we say? The knowledge givers? Yeah. That's what we said. A learning giver? Maybe? Learning giver. Yeah. 
Um, so unbeknownst to us, while we were having this little side conversation before we started our presentation, I was like talking about, oh, like, it's so weird to be like the educator position for this. Um, and I said, like, yeah, hello, we're your learning givers. Um, and some girl apparently was on her phone and tweeted <laughs> that I said that. Um yeah. It was wild. I totally looked her up on Twitter. If you're listening, I totally stalked you on social media, and I know everything about you. I know that it was your first semester in college. I know that you're brand new to the college system. I know how old you are. I know what you look like. <laughs> like, oh, honey, that was very wild because you followed us. <laughs> yeah, she followed us, and then she tweeted about, like, how she hates Models of Pride because <laughs> it's basically TumblrCon, and there's a bunch of teeny <laughs> boppers there, and if she hears Supernatural one more time, she's going to scream or that whatever. so funny to me. Meanwhile, it's she's hilarious. tweeting about Riverdale, so... Meanwhile, she's, like, 18 years old, maybe 19. Like, you are a teenager still. I, that's so wild to me. But you know what? I'm going to give you half a pass because when I was probably 18, I probably acted like that. I was probably like, probably. I'm into better stuff than everyone else is into. <laughs> and I know everything. And if someone who's older than me tries to tell me anything, I'm going to be like, no, I know everything already. Stop trying to steer me in a direction. So wild. I think it's hilarious that like are the things that we like, because obviously we're big fans of Supernatural. Um, are like teeny bopper things because I'm like almost 30 years old. Like, also, it's really not teeny, teeny bopper. Wouldn't teeny bopper be like someone that's really into like Disney Channel shows and like Justin Bieber or something? Or I am guess. I maybe she just meant all teenager stuff? Okay, which like is Riverdale by the way, which I love. I'm not gonna talk shit on Riverdale. I love Riverdale. <laughs> I couldn't get into it. Sarah tried to get me into it. Um, it kind of just gives me secondhand embarrassment that I can't get over. Sometimes I can get over that in a show, but... No, I love it so much. I want you to love it in my heart. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know you love it, but you'll have to love it alone. No! Um, <laughs> so anyway, now that we're done dragging some random person that sorry. was nice enough to come to our presentation... She also um, said that we um, still did a good job on our review. Like, I'm pretty sure that was hers, even though your reviews are anonymous. <laughs> But, like, we figured it out. I'm pretty sure. So thanks for, like, giving us a nice reading, even though you hated us. <laughs> I honestly haven't read our reviews because I got it, it and I was, like, feeling in a very vulnerable place. And I was like, if I hear one ounce of criticism right now, <laughs> I'm going to melt into a puddle and you will not be able to put me back together. Yeah. I was kind of in that place when I read them. Of course so. you were because you love I love to yourself. torture myself. Yeah. I also, um, like, the, a lot of things have happened to me, so... I'm in, like, a real bad place. Like, I decided to end a 10-year relationship right before the holidays and um, before finals. So, a lot of things have been happening to me, and I'm, like, in a sad, emotional place right now. So, this podcast is my day to be happy. <laughs> it's my escape. I'm trying to, like, <laughs> say something, like... You don't say anything, supportive weird. and <laughs> <laughs> but also, like, happy, or but I don't think I can. I don't think there's anything that you could say to be, like, it's erased. It's done. <laughs> well, no, I wasn't. I'm not a therapist. <laughs> I meant the sadness. <laughs> oh, no, my therapist could never save me. Like, I should go see her, and she's going to be like, girl, you left for one month, and you are fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> she's going to be like, all of my work. <laughs> it's undone. <laughs> That's what they're for, though. It's true. You're like... Don't get invested because I'm going to fail again, inevitably, and you'll be disappointed. Yikes. Just another person you can disappoint, your Ooh. therapist. Ooh. So this is going great so far. Yeah, um, I'm giving you so many details about my personal life, sorry. Uh, by the way, our presentation at Models of Pride was on... Bias plus representation in the media. Yeah, like in case you didn't get that from us not telling you at all. Yeah, it was specifically a, a television, not film. Yeah. Um, because if we opened it to film, we it would have been so much longer. Yeah. Um, so we talked about Supernatural. We talked about Shadowhunters. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of 13 on house. Yeah. We talked about a lot of stuff that we've already talked about here. Um, but to perhaps a younger audience than what we, I don't know. I don't know what our audience is here. I don't either, but they were 24 and under only. Mm -hmm. So you can be older than that and be there. So they're younger than me. 
but maybe not younger than you. They're younger than the audience that I know we have, which is our friends. Yeah. Our friends are all about my age, I would say. Maybe a little younger. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but I still, f- if you know, I still felt really old when we were there giving the presentation. Yeah. I was like, oh, these kids and their stuff that they know about they that I don't. They were telling us so many things that we didn't know. Yeah, they're like, and this show, and this show, and this show. And I'm like, yeah, yeah I only watch shows that have been on for 13 seasons. Same. So. <laughs> so Grey's Anatomy. I know. We were like, <laughs> We did hey, talk kids, about Grey's Anatomy. Who watches Grey's Anatomy? Crickets. And they were like, ew. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that where like old doctors like make out? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Oh my god, that makes me feel fucking old. Yikes. It's been on for so long. I was, like, it's been on for so long that I probably shouldn't have been watching the first season because I was probably, like, too young to be watching. You were definitely too young because in, I think it came out in 2005, I think. And yeah. And I, I was, like, 17. Mm-hmm. So you had to be, like, 11. I was 11, yeah. Oh my god, you were way too young to be watching that. There was a lot of wild sex happening in that show. Yeah. Mm-mm. Although, like, I feel like I was one of those people that my parents didn't let me watch that stuff until I was, like, 13, but everyone else was watching it. So, that's why I, I don't know, maybe maybe I wasn't as much of an anomaly as I thought I was. Like, I thought everyone was just watching whatever they wanted to, and I felt so left out. No, I think it's because, like, the one kid that their parents don't, like, monitor what they're watching on television is, like, talking talking it up. Like, they're making a big deal out of it. So maybe I just remember going to a sleepover when I was in like third grade and the parents put on Legally Blonde and I got in trouble for watching it. Legally Blonde's not that bad. Yeah, I didn't think it was, but apparently everyone else was like, oh, yeah, that's fine. And then my parents were like, oh, no, she can't watch that. So I don't know. But then when I was 11, I was watching Grey's Anatomy, apparently. Well, you're eight in third grade, so... Oh, yeah. I guess there's a little difference there. There's a little bit of a line. I just don't (laughs) think an 11-year-old should be watching Grey's Anatomy. At least be, like, 14, 15. At least be in high school. Yeah, because now that I think about it, like, just aside from all the sex, it's very dark. Mm -hmm. Like, there's so many dying dead people. (laughs) Dying dead people? Well, they're in a hospital. Yeah, I know. I just realized that (laughs) some people might be sensitive to that, so maybe they shouldn't watch it. (laughs) Anyway... Whoa. Um, Hannah's having a moment. (laughs) We've gone off the rails. Sorry, that was me scratching again. (laughs) Um, When have we been on the rails? We're not. But we can get on the rails. So you want to talk about what we're going to talk about? Sure. Um, So we're actually going to talk about two shows on this episode because we are not going to necessarily talk about the whole arc of all the show (laughs) as we did with Supernatural. We're going to talk about specific episodes um, with some characters that came out as bisexual on the shows recently. Woo-hoo. And the first one we're going to talk about is Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yes. For those of you unfamiliar with Brooklyn Nine-Nine, um, that's a Fox show. It's a comedy. It's about a police force, I want to say. I don't know what they're called. Like, it's the precinct. Yes. The Nine-Nine precinct. Nine-Nine? Nine-Nine? <laughs> They do that on the show. That was a reference. Um, yeah, it's they're cops and they are really funny. Um, Terry Crews is on it. Uh, Andy Samberg is like the main character. Um, oh my god, who else is on it? Um, Stephanie oh, Beatrice, obviously. Yeah, Andre. I forget his last name, but the guy that plays Captain Holt, oh, he's yeah, amazing. He's really funny. And it was so jarring to me at first because I had seen him not that many years ago in a drama TV show that had Ray Romano on it. It Like they were like <laughs> struggling, f- like single fathers or whatever. And Oh, I think I remember that show. Like, I didn't watch it. Though. That was like the last thing I had seen that actor in. And then here he is playing this absolutely ridiculous character. So it's like a robot, like he's really funny, <laughs> but we'll get, we'll get into that more. Um, <laughs> so, um, I just, like, want to point out that the show is really diverse. Yes, it is. Um, There are white passing people on there, and there's only, like, one, no, two white, four white people, but two people that matter, because what are their names? The two detectives that are Uh, really bad. Scully and 
I don't even remember. Like, that's how unimportant they are. Like, yeah. no one cares. They're known as, like, the old fuck-ups that, like, do nothing. And Gina is, like, a wild person. She is, but... Yeah. yeah. She, and Charles. Yeah. She's not a... She's not, like, part of, like, the core group or anything. Like, she's definitely in a lot of episodes. Most episodes. Gina Linetti? Yes. Yeah. Um, she's also a famous comedic actress, and I can't remember her name right now. Her Chelsea Peretti. Yeah. Yeah. She's really funny. Um, anyway, yeah, diverse cast. We like it. Um, the captain of the uh, precinct is black and gay. Mm -hmm. And I think they handle his character really well. I really like the show. And that's saying something coming from me because I don't like cops. So I don't like anything having to do with the state. Um, I typically don't even like when things are like militarized. It makes me real uncomfortable. So the show does a really good job of like making comedy out of a cop show um and they do like recognize that like cops are not liked and the reasons why they are not liked there's like a whole episode dedicated to that i don't know if hannah has seen that i think i have it's been it's been a while since i've watched some of the seasons that have aired earlier but um i do think that they point out like issues in the criminal justice system and they point out they point out racism a lot like mm -hmm. it's brought up enough that i feel like they're making an attempt mm -hmm. and homophobia mm -hmm. yeah so which brings us to an excellent point um they used the b word what <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> i couldn't hear you because that word's not real or oh, something okay <laughs> um bisexual <laughs> yeah and they used it twice yeah and the character that it's about used it to describe herself that's very important and that is something i wouldn't have thought about until we watched the episode of the other show we're going to talk about but we'll talk about that in a minute <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's i i was really pleasantly surprised by how it went down because the other thing is she came out on her own like yes she was put in a position where she kind of had to come out but she it wasn't like then that person ran and outed her to everyone else yeah let's actually use their names okay so yeah. rosa diaz who was played by stephanie beatriz who is bi in real life by the way which makes this even more amazing yeah i know i'm excited <laughs> <laughs> so rosa's this very like reserved and like mysterious tough. yeah she's very like oh i don't talk about my feelings and no one can know anything about my life mm -hmm. um but she's but she's not like it's not portrayed in a negative way it's just portrayed as like that's her character and like her quirkiness mm -hmm. is that she doesn't want anyone to know anything about her like she's so private like in an episode she once said that so she said no one knows where i live and then somebody was like oh i thought amy santiago went to your house one time and then she's like, yeah, she did. It was great, but I moved the next day. Like, that's how <laughs> private she is. Yeah. So. <laughs> I just love her. And she's also, like, really sweet. Like, yes, she's, like, closed off and she's, like, distant, but she's really good to her friends. And she's really loyal to her coworkers at the 99. Like, she considers them family. And, like, I love her. I just love her as a, a character. And so I'm so glad that it was her that was chosen to be bisexual in the show. Yes. 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 So <laughs> the person that she comes out to is Charles, who used to have a crush on her and, like, be pursuing her. But a now... crush is an understatement. He was, like, obsessed with her. True. <laughs> but now he's not pursuing her anymore because mm -hmm. she was like, no, we're just friends. And he was like, okay, which is shocking. <laughs> well, he's, like, with somebody else and they have a kid. Yeah. So. Um... <laughs> But I'm I'm still just acknowledging that on most shows, if a guy pursues a girl and she says no, that just means he has to try harder. Yeah. Until she says yes. So the fact that he was like, okay, I will move on now. <laughs> what? I've never heard of this in my life. Um, yeah. He's he's good though. Yeah. He's a sweetie. Mm -hmm. Um, he's a little square sweetie though. I love him. <laughs> <laughs> so what happens is Rosa's. Um, she, uh, Charles finds out that Rosa's seeing someone and he's like oh like who is it and he wants to know and because she's private she's like i'm not telling you anything um he also like calls like 
the person that she's seeing is like, is it Mr. Stud or something? Like, he keeps, like, making male references to the person. So, like, it's meant to kind of blindside people. Yeah. And, like, the last... And he brings up the last person that she was seeing, which was a man. Mm -hmm. Um, But, so she's on the phone with someone... And he kind of comes in and interrupts the conversation. And we hear that it's a woman's voice on the other line. And she says, babe. And so Charles, like, once they hang up, Charles is like, oh, like, that's a woman. (laughs) And she tries to lie for her. She's like, that was my sister. And he says, oh, but she called you babe. (laughs) And then there's, like, a weird incest joke. It's funny. It is funny. It's not, like, an incest joke per se. Like, (laughs) he says... But she calls you babe. You said that when my cousin called me babe, that cousins shouldn't say that to, to each other. <laughs> like, I think it's funny. It, no, it is really funny. It's not like a bad incest joke. <laughs> did, I, did I just say that there's a good incest joke? Okay. Yikes. Okay. Well, okay. That's not the point. <laughs> anyway, then she finally says, like, yes, I'm seeing a woman. I'm bi. And I was like... Mm-hmm. Ooh, she said it. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, that's so great. Like, like he's kind of awkward about it at first. Yeah. But, like, he's still trying to be supportive. Yeah. And I was like, yes, okay. And then, like, other stuff happens. Plot, plot, plot. Joke, mm-hmm. joke, joke. <laughs> um, <laughs> We're really good at this explaining episode stuff. Yeah. Um, And then at the end, like, Charles says, like, oh, I'm so glad that you came out to me. And she was like, yeah, it feels really good to be out to someone on the force um, as by Like, she says it again. Yeah. Like, I was like, yes, bitch. Like, <laughs> I was so excited. Like, she said it twice. Like, no take backsies. Like, <laughs> yeah. I love it. And then she goes back to, like, she's like, okay, well, now we go back to the part where you never ask me anything about my life ever again. Yeah. So it wasn't like she came out as bi and her whole character changed because that's not how it works. Just, I'm just, like, really glad that a bisexual actress is playing a bisexual person on television. Like, that means a lot to bisexual people. Um, and, like, I I truly don't have too much of a problem with non-gay or queer actors playing queer characters. Like, it doesn't usually bother me unless, like, it's really relevant. But, like, I think it is better when queer actors play queer characters because i just think they understand them more and it can add something to the performance too because i feel like sometimes i'm watching a straight actor try to play a queer character and it feels kind of stilted like it feels like they're like this is how gay people act yeah and then you're like "Ooh, that's not that's not cool (laughs) um that might also be writers and direction true yeah um, but I did want to read a quote of something that Stephanie Beatrice said um, in relationship to Rosa coming out, because I thought this was really cool and really relevant to what we talk about here. So it's, quote, if a kid that's bi is watching TV and doesn't really see anyone that identifies as bi or queer, that is in a happy functioning relationship, that has a good job, that lives past a three episode guest star arc, or maybe the bi character is hypersexualized or possibly a villain, which happens a lot. What does that mean for a 12, 13-year-old watching television and consuming media and thinking, well, who am I then? I guess I'm not this thing because I'm not a villain. I don't want to be hypersexualized. I want what everybody wants to live happy and well. Yes. I love that she said that. Yeah, because she's acknowledging, like, this is important beyond just, like, getting diversity points. Like, this is important because people are watching this and this is one point for like good representation as opposed to all the bad representation that (laughs) we get um i actually tweeted on my personal account recently um about people that say like representation doesn't matter because they're insistent that like the system needs to change in order for representation to mean anything and like i get that i know the system needs to change i know that you know no matter how many like young black kids you tell could be scientists and young women you say can be CEOs. Like that doesn't mean anything if like the system doesn't change because it's still going to treat them the same way. 
and they're still going to be oppressed and marginalized. Mm -hmm. Like, I totally get that. That makes sense. However, I do think that individual people matter. And I think that's where those people kind of, like, want to pretend that, like, that doesn't matter. But, like, it does matter. Like, if you're, like, a little kid that thinks, like, I can't do this and I can't be that. And people are already putting me down. You're already experiencing oppression in a way that affects your everyday life. And then you see, like, shitty representations of you and your family and people like you on television and in print media and in film. And you're just like, okay, I'll never be this or I can't be that. And it just, like, has to start somewhere, I think. So for me, like, representation actually means a lot to me. And I really hate when people are like, no, it doesn't mean anything. Like, you have to flip the system over first. Like... Yeah, because, like, we get it. Like, if we're watching this show, we're paying for Hulu or whatever, we're paying for a cable subscription, like, we're feeding into capitalism, and just because you want to see someone like you, like, you're you're asking to see someone like you reflected in a capitalist context. Totally get it. Mm-hmm. But also, like, that's where we are. I live here. Like, yeah. I have no choice. <laughs> um, so I'd rather see it than not see it. Same, same, same. Yeah. That's why I went to see Coco recently, so. (laughs) Yeah, and we've been, like, passing articles back and forth because there's been such a, like, wide range of reactions to it, which I I enjoy hearing about all of them. I do, too. So. But that is a longer conversation for a different time. Yeah. Ooh, that was wild. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. um, Do we want to move on to the next show? Or do you have more to say about B99? Um... I just, I, I liked how organic it felt. Um, it felt like it fit in the context of the episode and the context of the plot of the overall show. Like it, it didn't feel like they were shoving it in there just to be like, oh, we have to do this. We're trying to teach you something (laughs) in contrast to the next show that we're going to talk about, (laughs) but we'll get to that. Um, so the last thing that I wanted to say about Brooklyn Nine-Nine is that I'm just interested to see where this goes and how it develops because I feel like it's going to come back, if not in the next episode, then in one episode in this season because it's very clear that um, Rose is seeing someone new and that Charles wants to know who she's seeing. And I have a feeling we're going to meet whoever it is. I hope so. And I'm excited for all the possibilities of who it could be. Yay. Um, so we liked, we liked that coming out episode. I really did. Yeah. Also importantly, she's a Latina. So yes, that's meaningful. We never get to see Latinx people be queer people because being a queer person is seen as like a white person thing, especially in POC communities. Like they recognize that they think it's a white person thing. Yeah. So not saying that all people do like individuals, but like it is a proven thing like it's in academic study like why do poc communities think that being queer is a white disease quote unquote so yeah that's alienating as a queer latinx person (laughs) (laughs) it was not a good time to be growing up and having to deal with that just throwing that out there (laughs) have you ever had a good time sarah no i've never (laughs) had a good time not in my whole life (laughs) Um, so speaking of queer Latinas. Yes. Yes. Um, so we also watched the bisexual coming out episode in Jane the Virgin. And I am obsessed with Jane the Virgin. I love it. Um, I thought I wouldn't like it. I thought it was going to be stupid when I first started watching it. But um, I binged it with my mom, which kind of sounds weird. But yeah, we watched like, I think it was two seasons. And then we started watching the whole thing. Um, and recently, in this last season, which is season four, they had a character come out as bi that Jane is dating. His name is Alex. He's also a Latino. So, and, like, we don't really get to see bi men or bi men of color. Like, it's usually, like, women that are bisexualized to hypersexualize them. So it's kind of cool that they did that with a man this time around. But there were some problems that I had with it overall i'm gonna say same (laughs) um i do not watch jane the version um i watched this one episode with sarah um (laughs) because she was like someone comes out as bi in this episode um 
it's very it's an acquired taste Mm -hmm. it's very like corny on purpose which i can get on board with it's not like half corny half serious which i feel like is what riverdale is kind of that's i think why i can't deal with it like you gotta commit commit (laughs) to the corny i think because they're trying to be dark yeah but jane the virgin is just like super cheesy funny the narrator's funny like yeah and it has kind of like an after school special quality to it Mm -hmm. which i think is why like i can't tell if like some of the problems i had with it were more to do with just the style of the show or like mixing the content of having someone come out with the style but anyway we'll get into the specifics of what happens so like full disclosure i am not caught up on the show right now i have watched like the first two episodes of this season but i did watch the bisexual episode just so i could be prepared for the podcast um so i really like alex i'm just gonna say that right up front like i love him he's a sweetie he's adorable and fun and artistic and supportive um, he's played by Tyler Posey, for those of you that know him from, like, Teen Wolf fame. Or he was the little boy on Made in Manhattan. <laughs> um, I guess, like, it just kind of makes me upset that they, like, had him come out. And I know for sure that, like, this season is sort of setting up Jane and her son's father to be Endgame. And they keep having these, like, emotionally charged moments where, like, she wants to, like, sit down and have a heart-to-heart with him. And it seems like it's romantic-leaning. So it's, like, she's pretty much, like, setting herself up to emotionally cheat on this guy. Who just, like, showed a part of himself to her that I don't think he just, like, goes and tells people because he's afraid of biphobia. And she is biphobic. Which I guess I think we needed to see. And I think it's fair that, like, a main character is not, like, a Mary Sue Like, oh, I'm so supportive. I'm the best ally, TM. Like, she's not like that at all. She's like, I'm ignorant and I'm jealous for reasons I don't understand. And I don't get it. And, like, she acknowledges that. And they, like, sit down and talk about it. But, yeah. Yeah, because her whole thing is like, oh, now every time I see him look at another person, I'm going to think that he's in love with them or, like, is thinking about flirting with them. And she does. (laughs) Yeah, she has these weird... Like daydreams. <laughs> yeah. Um, but she says something to her friend about, like... And I think she says to her mom, too, like, I'm not mad that he's bi. I'm mad that he didn't tell me. Yeah, and then her friend calls her out on her bullshit. Like, you're a liar. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's just something that queer people get told so much and it's and it's hard because like if it's someone that is being supportive on the one hand you're like yeah i guess i could have told you earlier but there's a reason why people choose not to come out and it's because they're scared and it's kind of shitty to throw that back in their face and be like oh well you're stupid for being scared or i'm mad at you for being scared because it affects me yeah it's like a really selfish reaction to someone coming out yeah and it's like very like it's just so, I don't know, like, it's self-involved. It's obtuse. Like, you're just like, uh, it's all about me. You're coming out. <laughs> it's also, it feels inflammatory to me because it's just like, it's saying like, you are obligated to disclose this thing about yourself as if it's like a dark secret that someone needs to know right away. That, that someone needs to get over. Yeah. That's pretty much what it is. Like, you need to make your peace with this kind of thing instead of just being like, that's something that I didn't know about you. Yeah, it's like, it's, I'm trying to think of like a good analogy. It's almost like if you had a spouse and a child that had died or something. It's like something that you, like, oh, why didn't you tell me? Mm-hmm. Like, it's like such a big thing and it has like kind of a negative connotation to it mm-hmm. that you're like, oh, I'm mad that I didn't have this very important information that will help me make a decision about you. <laughs> So that's pretty much how I felt. Not a fan of that whole thing. Oh, also, um, there's like a there's an act, there's actual plot going on in the episode. So like, uh, Jane's best friend is getting married. So spoiler alert, like we have a lot of spoilers on the show. Um, Lena is getting married, and she doesn't know if she wants to marry the guy because she's not sure if they really know each other that well, and like she feels like he's nothing like her or whatever. So she like tells Jane to like get information about him. And she's, like, convinced that he's boring. So, like, she shouldn't marry him. 
So she asks Jane, like, oh, how was it? Like, how was he? And, like, Jane, like, tiptoes around the fact that he is kind of boring. And, <laughs> like, Lena says, oh, I knew it. You think he's boring. I should be with someone cooler. I should be with someone who's edgy. Someone who's bisexual, like Alex. And it's like, are you saying that bisexuality is, like, a cool, edgy trait that, like, someone has? Yeah, it's what the kids are all into these days, Sarah. It's trendy. <laughs> it's so weird. It was like saying, like, I want to be with someone who has a hipster apartment. Like, same thing, apparently. Like, it was really... It didn't sit well with me. I didn't like it. And I don't know if that was, like, the writers trying to be, like, straight people are stupid. <laughs> or if they were really like, I truly believe that this is a thing. I'm also like, what are the writers saying about straight girls? Because... Do straight girls really try to kiss their friends? So we had this discussion when we were watching that, like, her boyfriend, Alex, said to Jane, like, maybe that's a part of you that you don't know about yet. Like, you don't know what your sexuality is because you haven't explored your sexuality because you're so rigid. Which is, like, I get that, but also it seems like something that not a lot of bisexual people would say to someone that identifies as straight. Yeah, I don't think I would either. Because that kind of makes it seem like my sexuality is an experiment for you. Yeah. And like, I feel like most bisexual people wouldn't like try to overtly invalidate a straight person's sexuality. A straight person's sexuality. Yeah. Because that's rude. Like, you just like, you don't do that. Like, you're not like just going up to people and being like, I don't really think you're straight. I think you're bi and you're just too stupid to know it. Like, we think that sometimes. But that also like <laughs> plays into the whole like everybody's bi if you really come down to it, which is bi erasure. Yeah. But <laughs> that wasn't like my only problem with that. My problem was that Jane is like, oh, maybe I haven't explored that part of myself. And then she started to like force herself to look at women like in a sexual or romantic way. And like she ends up like trying to kiss Lena when they have a heart to heart about her marrying that guy. She's like, oh, this is an intimate moment between two people. Therefore, I'm going to confuse and cross the lines of friendship and intimacy with romantic and sexual chemistry. And then she tries to kiss her. And Lena's like, what are you doing? Like, what's going on? And it's just like it leads to them talking about Alex. And like it leads to her like telling her friend, like, get over yourself. <laughs> like, go to him. Educate yourself. Blah, blah, blah. But it's just really weird. I don't know. Like, I would never... And I think we were saying, like, we don't have to kiss our girlfriends because we already know that we're queer. Like, we don't have to do that to know. Like, I didn't go and kiss my friends to know I was queer. Like, I already knew. Yeah, I guess that's true. Like, I was going to say, well, I kind of did that, but I didn't because I already knew that I wanted to kiss her. Like, it wasn't like... if I, Do I try this? Is it, does yeah, it feel good? Yeah, it, it wasn't like that. <laughs> um, then she does go back to Alex and she's just like... I'm just having a hard time adjusting and I have some questions to ask you. And then from there, the scene is the most rigid and yeah. awkward thing I've ever seen in my life. You know what though? Like maybe, like I agree it was, but maybe that's just like how conversations like that go. Like when have you ever like had to explain your sexuality to someone and said, I'm open for you to ask questions and have it not been really like rigid and strict. Like, I am asking a question. I am answering it straightforwardly. Like, I don't think it would be like all. And like, they, like, I guess maybe the acting of Tyler Posey was like, he was really playful when he answered and really like sweet to her. So I think that helped. Mm -hmm. But I think they were more directed to behave that way. I don't necessarily think it was the the actual questions that were being asked. It was like the wording of the questions or something. <laughs> it was like someone was reading off of a list of like bisexual myths, like <laughs> just reading off a paper. She was like, is being bisexual simply a stop to coming out as gay? <laughs> yeah, that was weird. And he was like, no, Jane, it is not. <laughs> and it just like went on like that and I was like this feels like an after school special and it's really awkward that was the first question by the way so it was it was really awkward like I don't I think I think the wording of like is it a stop on the way to like is so like I read that on like a hundred bisexual websites mm -hmm. sort of thing like if she had said like 
is this just like you like trying out being gay? That would have made more sense. Right. But whatever. And like she does like say like she has like biphobic thoughts and she's voicing them in a way that says like, is this true? Because it seems like I'm kind of being an asshole kind of thing. Like, it seems to me that I'm incorrect and I want you to tell me if I'm correct or not. Like, yeah, I, that was fine. But like, like you said, she's not going to end up with him. And then it's going to be like, he just wasn't right for me. But then like, you yeah. still haven't really addressed the core of your biphobia. And then you're probably going to make jokes in the script about like that one time I dated a bisexual. True. How wild and fucked up was I? <laughs> I don't know about fucked up, but. I really hope they don't do that, just to be clear. Um, and I hope they don't kill him, because this is the kind of show where, like, someone dies once a season. So, I really hope he doesn't die. That would be really fucked up. Yeah, as Stephanie Beatrice said, like, how often do you have someone that lives beyond a three-episode arc that's by? He actually has been in about three episodes. <laughs> well, good for him. He has outlasted the rest of them. Well, to my knowledge, he's been in about three episodes. I don't know how many episodes in between that bisexual episode mm. he's been in. Yeah. Um, the other thing I didn't like is she asked him a question. I don't remember exactly what the question is. But he says, I think she says something like, are you going to leave me for a man or something like that? Or I can't, I can't remember the question, but he answers and says, it just means that I like men and I like women. And I'm like... Nobody else? No other genders? No. Just the two there? In the binary? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they used a word like heteronormative earlier on, so I thought maybe they would like Google and like realize that that's not the definition of bisexuality for many, many people. I think they did Google and then they were like, no, this show is for straight people. <sighs> Only straight people are watching it. We have to get just the basics. And cis people? Only says people watch the show. Yeah. Well, okay. I'm sure that's the assumption. Okay. You know, a lot of shows make that assumption. Yikes. Because they're like, oh no, um, gays are only like 5% of the population. <laughs> like they're still reading some study from like 2007. Yikes. They're like, this seems right. Well. It's not. Spoiler alert. That was a little upsetting for me. <laughs> yeah. No, it's... <sighs> It's one of the reasons why when I was, like, thinking of, like, what my sexuality meant to me, why I chose to go with pansexual, because so many people were like, so you just like men and women. And I'm like, what word can better convey this to you? So you Mm -hmm. stop asking me that question. Yeah, so you stop asking. (laughs) Yeah. I did that for a while. When I was, like, 19, I was like, no, I'm pansexual. And then I just never, like, really fell in step with that word. Like, I just didn't. Like, I didn't feel a connection to it. And so then I went back and I was like, oh, wait, like, I'm allowed to choose what word I identify with? Mm-hmm. I thought I was being stopped. Um, <laughs> I'm allowed to identify my own sexuality on my own terms? I'm shooketh. <laughs> yeah, it was a big shock for me. I had to really think about it. Which is why I use the two sort of interchangeably for myself. Um, and I love to do that in queer spaces. Because people sometimes think, like, even in queer spaces that, like, bisexual people are, like, transphobic or something. Or, like, they only, exi- like, want to date in the gender binary. And that's just not true. So I love, like, fucking up those people's perception and be like, either one is fine for me because, like, bisexual to me means genders similar to my own or dissimilar to my own. So, and they're like... <gasps> <laughs> yeah, no, there's definitely, like... A divide between like people that like people that don't even identify as bi or pan kind of take sides on like whether they think bi or pan is more appropriate yeah and it's like you have these radical bi people on one side being like no you have to go with bi because it's historically significant and it's been around longer and pansexual people are just like the new generation trying to create new words and kids these days <laughs> blah 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 and their iphones um like news for them but pansexual is an old word and also language changes yeah like that's the nature of language yeah so it's (laughs) those people that get all up in arms about that or it's like the people that are like no only pansexual because otherwise you're transphobe and (laughs) it's um bisexual is an old outdated word and we shouldn't use it anymore and it's like 
I like to just use them both in like a similar context just to show people that there's like a middle ground where you can be like these are both words people (laughs) use them or we can just you know update terms like it's not that hard yeah like it doesn't I don't know (laughs) that's it the end also (laughs) like sorry if you're like a lesbian you don't get to be like your label for yourself is wrong that I do not identify as lesbians, gays, straight people, everybody else who's not bi or pan. You don't get to tell them how they get to identify. <laughs> yeah, we, we will work this out amongst ourselves. So thanks. But no it's thanks. kind of a struggle between ourselves, too. But yeah, like I'm not saying it's going to be nice. <laughs> Nobody said it was going to be nice. But like, I'm just saying there's a lot of voices already. So we don't need like extra voices crowding the situation. Whom it doesn't affect, by yeah. the way. Like, it does not affect y'all at all what we choose. So, yeah. I don't know. I feel like since we didn't talk for very long, let's just like talk about some other stuff that we're watching because I'm watching so much. Because the queers are watching, but we're not <laughs> only watching things with queer characters. Like, I'm enjoying other shows that don't have queer characters, which is like, I can't believe that came out of my mouth. But honestly, truly, all the shows that I've watched accidentally have queer characters. So, whoopsie. <laughs> the queerness finds me. <laughs> well, you're doing better than me. Um, <laughs> I have been watching Breaking Bad, which I am many, many years late to that party. Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad. I have three episodes left. I I'm love Breaking Bad. hoarding them because I don't want it to be over. But I do want it to be over because it's extremely stressful for me. It's one of those shows that just gets under my skin and raises my blood pressure for the next, like, three hours afterwards. Is Jesse still your sweet baby angel? He is. Okay, good, because I love him so He's much. my sweet baby angel. Walt is a... a piece of shit. Psychopath. Yeah. And... And it didn't take long for him to literally become a sociopath. <laughs> yeah. Like, mm, I guess you were hiding under there all along, chemistry teacher. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the point of the show, which yeah. I like a lot. My dad actually turned to me the other night and said, why didn't you major in psychology? <laughs> and I was like, why? And he was like, all the shows you watch are like about like psychology and about like people and why they do things. And I'm like, well, that's how you tell a good story, though. True. In a way, like, I think writing has a lot to do with psychology. Very true. We're just more on the human emotion side, less on the science-y side. Which science scares all of us soft science majors, so. Yeah. The less science we can use, the better. (laughs) Like, if I really had to sit there and read about, like, neurons, I, like, I could do it, but I would. Cry. Yeah, I would cry. Um. And part of that is because of the patriarchy, because I was raised to believe that I was so good at English and so, so bad at math and science and no girl can ever be good at that. I mean, Hannah and I have the same, the similar backstory, so, but I actually do really enjoy writing. So, like, it's a good thing I'm not like, I'm forced to do this and I hate it. Like, I literally love to write, so I'm not sorry about it. I used to love to write. (laughs) Now, I'm not so sure anymore. I literally shocked Hannah the other day when I wrote, like, a 1,300-word fanfiction at work. And she's like, I cannot believe you just did that in, like in front of me. like, a fucking hour. I was so mad. <laughs> it was, like, an hour and a half. I took three years <laughs> to write... I don't write as well as you, One to be piece fair. of fanfiction <laughs> that... It was, like, 20 chapters or something. And I forget how many words it was. It was a lot of words, to be fair, but it took me three years. I was, to be fair, I wasn't focusing on it that much, but. You were in grad school at the time. Yeah, but even when I wasn't, though, I got home and I was like, I'm going to bang this out real quick. Took me like six months. That's fine. That's acceptable. (laughs) I have a fic that's been going on for about six months and only has six chapters in it. I know, but you like wrote so many words in a short time. I would, it would take me like three hours and I would be like, how many words have I written? 400 words. You know what? I'm just really good at procrastination and like anything that I have to do at work that isn't work. I'm like, I love it. So I just like Kermit hands the whole (laughs) fic. It's also a gift to someone because I'm going to fic exchange for Christmas. So 
I was excited I'm, to give girl, it somebody. I'm in the same fic exchange. Have I started? No. I, well, it's I not have until started. January. I have started. I opened a Google Docs. And you wrote Santa, Secret Santa Fic Exchange. As the title, yes. <laughs> of and the then, document. Of the document. Not in the document, but <laughs> oh, of God, no. the document. And then I closed the tab. Oh, okay. I was like, all changes saved in Drive. Close. Okay, I'm really proud of you, though. That's a big step. Thanks. What were we talking about? Breaking Bad? Yeah, we're talking about Breaking Bad. <laughs> what else are you watching, Hannah Jane? I am watching Mindhunter. I want to watch it so bad. Because I love true crime. Same. And it's a really good show. Like, even beyond just the true crime fascination part, it's a good show. Um, And it's really fucked up. <laughs> like, when they're talking to Ed Kemper, it's not... It's not a fun time. I had to turn it off the other night because I was like, oh, no, I'm like going down and down and down the rabbit hole of like, <laughs> ooh, people behave this way. Like, we're all just animals that want to kill each other. So maybe we should just get it over with. And uh-huh. I'm like, OK, I can't listen to fake Ed Kemper anymore because <laughs> he's getting inside my head. Um, I'm like scared to watch, but I really want to watch it. It's really violent. I like violet. I know. <laughs> There's like some Tarantino level like I love Tarantino. I know you do. <laughs> Without the gratuitous use of the N-word by a white person, just to clarify to everyone out there. Yeah, minus that part. <laughs> Ooh. Um What else did I watch? Oh, I watched the first episode of a show called Legion. And here's the fun fact. I didn't know when I started watching it that it's part of the X-Men Marvel universe. universe. Yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> it made a lot more sense once I realized that. <laughs> I was like, this show is fucking bizarre. Yeah. It's really weird. But it's really pretty. Um, the cinematography is wow. Like, there's so much effort put into every single shot. Everything is exactly the way it is for a reason. And it's so... Misancine is beautiful. Yes. I I know Sarah will like it, except for it is very disturbing. Yeah, I'm really excited to see it. Um, when I saw the previews for it ages ago, I got so hype about it. And I told our mutual friend, Tyler... <laughs> and he's like, mm, I don't know. It might be good. But he, I don't think he's watched it. So he is also in the dark as I am. Um, he's a really big Marvel fan. He's a really big X-Men fan. So I hope he eventually gets around to it because I would also like to see it. And that is something I want to share with him. So. I was, yeah, I was thinking about, I was thinking about him while I was watching it and like whether or not he would like it. And I had the thought of like, it might be a little too dark for him. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, well, Jessica Jones is really dark, but it's dark in like such a different way. Mm-hmm. Like, Jessica Jones, yeah, it gets heavy, but this is dark in a very, like, um, creepy, uneasy way. Like, it kind of feels like one long anxiety attack. Yeah, I can see that. I have to mentally prepare myself. But it's a beautiful anxiety attack. Like, similarly, I have to kind of prepare myself when I watch Preacher. Mm -hmm. Because it's, like, it's very beautiful. I think it's really well written. I really love Preacher, but sometimes... Like, it gets a little deep and dark where I think it's not going to. And it's like a dark comedy. So I'm just like, I wasn't prepared for that. Yeah, it's very, um, it likes to ambush you. Yeah. Is what it, and it, this show's the same way. It's very, like. That might be why I like. Um, uh, Cassidy. Yeah. That might be why I like Cass. Because he is, like, he's supposed to be, like, comic relief. Yeah, he is. And then he'll get, like, really deep and dark and be like. I actually have a son who's dying and he's like 80 and he wants me to make him a vampire. Oopsie. (laughs) It's real dark. Yeah. So anyway, (laughs) those are some shows that I've been watching that don't have any queer people thus far. Um, Um, I'm watching queer people shows, so. Well, let's hear it. (laughs) I'm watching Marvel's Runaways on Hulu right now. Um, I actually read Runaways, the comic. I only read the first trade, though, so don't ruin the rest for me. So I do know about Alex. You can not ruin that for me. But everything else beyond that, I don't know anything else. So I'm kind of like hoping it goes beyond the first trade. Um, I really like the show and I really like the comic. So I'm like, I have really high hopes. It's like kind of like teen drama-y, but a little bit dark. Um, it's also kind of a dark comedy um 
queer people on the show. They haven't explicitly stated it yet, but I know because of the comics that Carolina is, I don't know if people pronounce her name Carolina or Carolina. I can't remember how they do it on the show. Um, she's gay. And I was kind of enjoying that they were kind of like straight baiting people. Cause like one of the characters was like in love with her and he's a guy. And like, she's kind of like, I don't know if she's discovering that she's gay or if she's like getting to a point where she wants to tell people that she's feeling gay feelings. I have no idea. Um, but they're like setting it up to be that way. So I was kind of like, yeah, these people all think that like Chase and Carolina are going to get together, but they're not. Um, but then they kind of also queer baited me, which I was really upset about because, um, another character on the show named Nico, uh, they have like a lot of like intimate moments and like Nico's really distant and closed off and she was like kind of picking on her in the beginning um, because they hadn't talked in a while and now that they're, like, they're talking again and they're bonding over their like superpower stuff. Um, there's like even a part where like they almost die and then that like they're all like back together and they didn't die and they're like excited about their new powers and excited about not dying and (laughs) nico like tucks a lock of hair behind carolina's ear and it's just so intimate of a gesture and there's like clearly something happening between them and then like a few scenes later nico is like making out with this guy that like he's in the friend group but it's like upsetting to me (laughs) but isn't she also upset because she sees it right yeah carolina sees it And she gets upset and it's like pretty clear like she has a thing for Nico and she's upset because she thought something was going on and it wasn't. So I don't know if they're going to make it like, yeah, I like both of you or something. They might do that because I'm going to spoil it for everybody. So if you don't want to hear runaway spoilers, close your ears, run away. Don't listen to this next part. Alex is a villain. Like he's bad. Like it turns out like He's the one that wants the whole group to get back together. They discover their parents are evil. He's like, oh my God, we have to do something about this. He is the bad person. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. And that's the guy that Nico was making out with. So I, I feel like maybe like when he goes bad, that she's going to be like, should have went with Carolina the whole time. And then maybe like she's going to run to her after that. That's how they're going to set it up or something. That seems likely. I also think since it's so early, like, I don't think they... I'm going to say it's too early to call queer baiting. Hopefully. Like, it's never too early to call queer baiting, but... Um, <laughs> They're Hulu. They have a lot of, like, ridiculous freedom. They should really embrace that. Yes, do it. Um, um, I also love Gert. So, I think she's I think she's a queer person in real life. She kind of alluded to that recently. Ariella Bayer? Bauer? I can't remember her last name right now. Um, she plays Gertrude Yorks on the show. Um, I don't know if she's queer on the show. She's not in the books that I know of, but I think she's a queer person in real life and I love her and she's like an out feminist on the show and in real life. Like she's really very vocal. So I very much love her. Um, she also has a pet raptor that she communicates with telepathically. It's really badass. I thought you, I thought you were still in the actress. No. No. That would be really cool. But I mean, no. who knows? There are dinosaurs on Supernatural now. Oh my so. god. We're really upset about that, by the way. We, <laughs> obviously, we keep up with Supernatural. So, spoilers. Sorry. We were sitting on the couch watching this. And <laughs> there's a moment where it's heavily, heavily implied that there's going to be dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't see an actual dinosaur. You see a giant footprint. But... Yeah, we were screaming. We were in a love seat together, and we were, like, screaming and clutching onto each other, and it was wild. <laughs> yeah, I just... I'm still processing. I am, too. <laughs> like, honestly, truly, I really thought the trajectory of the season was going to get, like, darker and more serious, and we were going to see things that were, like, deep to human connection, like, season four, five, and six. And then we got, like, something akin to, like... I'm going to say, like, soulless Sam. Like, that's, like, that's, it was just so, it's so cheesy. And, like, not in, like, a changing channels way cheesy. It was cheesy in a way that was just, like, are we watching something on the Sci-Fi Network? Right. And it's what I was saying about (laughs) Riverdale, for me, where it's, like, going halfway corny and, like, not really going far enough corny. Like, changing channels is full camp. Yeah. But this is, like, 
they think they're being serious, but really it's stupid. With dinosaurs. And I feel, you know what? I had this thought the other day because the episode before that was the one with the like heist where they had to steal something from this rich villain guy collector mm-hmm. and yada yada. Um, and I had said while we were watching that episode, this seems like an episode of Doctor Who that Stephen Moffat would have written. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert, I hate Stephen Moffat. He ruined that show for me, and I have not watched it in the past, like, three years because I couldn't deal with him. <laughs> um, anyway. <laughs> I did like that episode, just to be clear. It wasn't terrible. Just the whole premise of it, I was like, oh, this is reminding me of that other show that I used to love. Um, and then the dinosaur <laughs> thing, that's also a Moffat-era part of Doctor Who, like, oh, we haven't had dinosaurs yet. Better throw some dinos in there. Um, it's only going to get worse because this is the season where we get um, a Scooby-Doo crossover episode. I'm just, like, what is happening? I'm excited about the Scooby-Doo crossover episode, to be fair. And what you said to me the other day, I can't believe, the show that brought us Dark Side of the Moon. Yeah. Which is, like, a really great, deep, dark episode. Yeah. There were a lot of great, deep, dark episodes in seasons yeah. four and five. Anything about, like, familial relationships and, like, just, like, codependency and there's, like, you know, like, having to grow up too fast and, like, a responsibility and, like, just the darkness of, like, not overcoming that. Like, it's not an after-school special. Like, you don't wrap it up at the end and say, like, oh, Dean Winchester's fixed. Like, he had a bad childhood, but you know what? He's okay now. He's not okay. Like, that's, like, kind of the point of the whole show. Like, Sam and Dean are fucked up and they're not okay and they're just trudging through life in this deep, dark depression of theirs together. But now there's dinosaurs. But now there's dinosaurs. And it's just, like, really <laughs> awkward for me. Like, it's honestly just changed the whole feel of the show. Like, the vibe is totally different. And I'm upset. Like, the plot twist was wild. You can't plot twist with me like that in season 13. <laughs> like, I've come too far. I'm, I'm... You can't get off the ride now. <laughs> It's too late you are I, strapped in i did my time <laughs> oh my 12 God. years of it <laughs> it works it must work um, oh my god we've done it yet again though we've so... talked about supernatural for probably like four I'm minutes now so sorry um, you guys i looked at my wrist as if i have a watch i'm sorry on. folks we've never worn watches because we're millennials um let's see <laughs> i think i had a watch in like fourth grade or something so did i it was like a stopwatch oh. it was winnie the pooh and I couldn't figure out how to turn the stopper oh, yeah. off. And it just, at night, it would just go. <laughs> <laughs> I had a Looney Tunes one. And when you pressed the button on the side, it would play the Looney Tunes theme. And I used Yikes. to just, like, follow people around and press it. That sounds terrible. I am. You uh, demon child. I'm a terrible person. Um, okay, but wait. I want to talk about another show. Oh, right, right. I was going to ask you if you had other shows. I do. Okay. Um. So I'm a big fan of Shameless. Um. I love Shameless. Shameless does have queer characters in it, to be clear. Um, we do love our queer characters in Shameless. We also have a trans character who's played by a really famous trans actor who I love who's fucking hot as hell. Like, he's also in The Fosters. So in Shameless, I, full disclosure, I've not cut off on this either because I've been really, really busy. Um, I watched like the first two episodes, I want to say, and they introduced like this queer girl who lives in the building that Fiona bought. And Fiona is a straight character, by the way. And she's been like, fucking around with all these guys and she's like on a dating app and it's like a it's a thing and she kind of like recognizes that it's like problematic in herself like she's like doing it to like fill a hole so she is like i'm not doing that shit anymore like i'm just not gonna do it so then she meets this girl and she has like an emotional connection with her and the girl is a gay girl and she finds that out and it's just kind of set up for fiona to be like i'm gonna try being gay for a little while and, like, my cousin still watches, and she says it hasn't happened yet, but it's still going in that direction. She's like, it feels like they're having some sort of emotional connection, and Fiona's either going to use her for emotional labor, or she's going to try being gay, and then go back to being straight. And I fucking hate when shows do that. I hate it so much. It's like, why do we have to live through this straight girl's, like, need for emotional fulfillment and use queer people? Like, I don't want to see that. Yeah. And, like, I get that's a thing thing that happens. And, like, Fiona's not perfect by any means. No one on the show is. But I still don't want to see it. (laughs) So I'm a little... I mean, that's probably why I haven't made an effort to catch up. 
So if anybody knows if it doesn't go there, let me know because I'll keep watching. (laughs) (laughs) So we're hoping that we'll have more frequent episodes, more consistent. Not that the episodes themselves are consistent, but that we (laughs) will. Because we're not consistent. (laughs) We are really inconsistent. But we're hoping we will release episodes more consistently. That's what I wanted to say. And we hope to remain consistently inconsistent for you. Yes, that's (laughs) what we like to do. But, you know, holidays coming up. Um, However, Sarah won't be in school for the rest of the month. So we're going to try and make some more of these, crank out some of these babies. Don't say crank out some of these babies. (laughs) Should we say it like that lady said at work the other day? No, we don't have to tell them about this. I want to tell them. I have to tell them. It was a traumatizing experience. Um, (laughs) We work in a place where we have to deal with, like, customers, basically. And some lady was like, oh, if I go to the bathroom, like, what happens if, you know, I'm cutting cable and I just, like, Hannah was helping this woman. And so I kind of just looked over at her from my desk and I was like, what the fuck just happened? Like, this lady just said that she was going to take a shit, but she referred to it as cutting cable. And it shocked me because we work in a professional environment. We're in an office and you need to behave professionally. And it was disgusting. I wanted to throw her outside in the trash. I didn't even, like, I'm one of those people I'm very bad at, like, reacting in a like friendly sociable way especially when someone says something like that to my face (laughs) like i just i just stared at her i was just like i think you just continued uh, with whatever you were doing yeah i was just like anyway i'm gonna pretend you never said that to me and we get stuff like that all the time but it was just really wild so i just wanted to leave on a note (laughs) where we talk about taking a shit i can't believe we Went from Brooklyn Nine-Nine to a bunch of other shows to poop. That's right. I think we should always come back to poop. (laughs) Hannah's face. I want you. I wish that this was like a vlog now so that you could see her face. Every time I'm like, we're going to make a good episode. (laughs) I ruin it. We're going to sound intelligent. We're going to sound insightful. Mm -mm. Um. You cannot expect two academics to do that for the rest of their lives. I do enough of that at school. Sure. This is my place to talk about poop. Also, <laughs> like, to be fair, we're not the ones who brought it up. This person is the one that brought it up. She brought it into our lives. She brought it into our office. <laughs> anyway, so we're going to leave y'all on that note. Uh, Yeah, so... Enjoy the nightmares. <laughs> I can't believe we subjected them to that. Um, (laughs) So if you're still listening, I'm shocked. Um, But just remember, the queers are watching. Bye. Bye.